2017. This is Hyphen Nation, the world's greatest podcast, and I am your host, Kellen Conley. Now, first and foremost, I need a favor from y'all. Just a little tiny one. I know that there are people out here who listen to every episode of Hyphen Nation. Some of you, like Mike or Marcus or Eric constantly remind me hey you owe us a podcast and I appreciate that it keeps me on my toes because I know already that I'm I'm mad late I can kind of get into it in a second but that's not the point the point here is been doing this podcast for started last January this is the 33rd 33rd episode of hyphenation and since the beginning Episode 2, Hyphen Nation has been on iTunes. Now, one thing I always say at the end of the episode is on iTunes, I, I would like for you to subscribe on iTunes if that's your thing. Um, and I also ask you to share the iTunes link to spread the word around. And then the main thing I always say is for you to rate and review the show. The reason I ask you to rate and review the show is because when you do that, it just gives the show more visibility on Apple Podcasts now because it's not really even iTunes now. It's still iTunes, obviously, but on Apple Podcasts, it just it just when people go and check out the link, they'll see that this show has ratings and then it'll help push the popularity or something like that. And normally I'm not that big on making I haven't really been bothered by getting that done. I mention every show, but it's like, oh, whatever. Because I feel like the show will organically grow itself. The, the, the more shows I do and the more regular I'm able to do the show, I feel like the show will or- organically grow. But there's a, there's a couple dudes here in Morgantown. I'm friends with one of them. No need to name names. They started a podcast recently. They've had a couple decent uh, Morgantown guest, I could call them, or WVU guest on their show. Not mad at that at all. So I check out their iTunes page, and at the time, they had like maybe five or six episodes. And they had three or four or five reviews right there in iTunes. So you know me, top hater. Yeah, I'm a little salty. I'm like, look, I've been doing my show for over a year at this point. These dudes just started and they got reviews. Why do they got reviews and I don't? Is it because they have guests? One of the reviews came from one of my best friends who I know has listened to Hyphenation before. We were listening to a recent episode of Hyphenation together not that long ago. 
Granted, it was the podcasting episode, and while I thought that episode was very informative, also felt it was kind of boring. <laughs> but still, he has been a fan of the show, told me he likes the show. He has, I can't even, well, no, he's been on the show. <laughs> so that narrows it down. I've only had three guests. He's been on the show. And he reviewed this other podcast, and yet I don't have any reviews on my podcast. So before we go any further, stop what you're doing, if you're able to, or just make a note, put it in your in your Google Keep, put it in your whatever system you have for remembering stuff, your to-do list. Please go to the iTunes page, rate the show, and if and write a little review. That's all I ask. And then if you know anybody else is listening to the show, ask them to do the same. Hopefully I don't have to mention this again. If I get a couple of reviews, I'll shut up. I promise. I won't say anything for till episode 66. Deal? Deal. So where have I been? As I mentioned in the previous episode. Previously, hyphenation 32. I was having website issues because I wanted to move my behyphen.com site from WordPress over to medium.com. I did that in preparation for medium to then give out or take in my domain name for free. I did that on January 29th. By the end of February, they decided they want to charge $75. So I was just going to wait and just keep everything on medium and not use my domain name. And that really bugged me. So instead of going back to WordPress.com, which is where I did put a backup of the original Behyphen site, I went back to Blogger because it's completely free. I can use my domain. And long story short, I'm finally at a point where Behyphen.com is operating at full strength. Yay me. Got a fresh new design, fresh new look. I'm sure you've seen me posting it on my social medias. So that's taking up a lot of my time because it's one thing for me to say, Oh, I'll just do a podcast and put it out. But if the site don't look right, or if it's not going to share right and I got to fix code, or if I need to get the banner looking right, or if I need to add these links, or if I need to make a hyphenation page still, then I want to do those things. So it's all ready to go. Hyphenation has its own page on behyphen.com. It's behyphen.com slash p slash hyphen dash nation dot html. Or you can use the easy link, which is uh, the bit bit dot lee bit dot ly slash h y dash nation. That'll take you right to the hyphenation page. It has all currently 32 episodes on there and places for you to listen to it. So it's good. And then of course we still have the podcast central page, which is on the site on behyphen.com. And then you can get access to all the places you listen to hyphenation there, as well as my other podcasts, including hyphenation, the hyphenation, the hyphen mixtape podcast, as well as a brand spanking episode, brand spanking new episode of Molly Fog and music, which I just recorded with Tom about a month ago, Thomas DJ, uh, 
It was actually the beginning of April when I did that. We recorded two episodes. I just put out the first episode today because, again, that goes along with the whole website being down. And then we have another episode that we're going to try to, well, that I'll be releasing probably next, let's see, I put it, let, let's say a week, week or so. I'll put out episode two. And then we're going to get together uh, sometime in May and do two more. And then get the Tri- Trike Adventures bandwagon rolling again. And yeah, th- things have been happening. So that that's why the main reason I have been gone. So I'm sorry, as well as my laziness on top of everything else. It's like when that means like I come home, I'm tired, lay in angel, go to sleep. And I don't want to record, I don't want to watch pot or record a podcast, but I'll sit there and watch TV until like one in the morning. I could have done a podcast. Um, I'm actually going to go see, Aaliyah and I are going to go see my friend, one of my best friends, Matthew, well, my brother, in fact, Matthew Spencer. You may have heard him previously on my Hip Hop Manifesto podcast. We're going to go see him and his lovely life, we, lovely life, lovely wife, Lisa, and his daughter, Isabella. We're going to go see them and hang out this evening, have a little dinner at their house. He was just texting me. But it's good to be back. So I'm going to be making some changes to try to make the show more regular in my own lifestyle. Maybe I'll share them in a column down the line watching the Wizards in uh, Celtics fourth quarter right now, game one. Wizards have mounted an impressive comeback because the Celtics looked invisible, <laughs> invincible, <laughs> invincible in the third quarter. Now the game's a little closer. But without further ado, first topic is not Sasha Banks who stole my phone. So I mentioned in episode 32, I mentioned something about uh, award, like the awards and I know I went into it a little bit with the Academy Awards and Moonlight and everything that happened there. And I was having a conversation with Angel about the Oscars and what had happened. And I think I even, I had shown her what had happened. And like, I'm, I mean, it was, it was a huge deal for me because I'm a big pop culture guy and I'm, I get excited about award season and I mean, it's kind of a big deal for me. It's not, it's not to the point where it's like everything stops to watch the awards, which some, I don't get me wrong. I totally could, but normally there's other things I got to watch like walking dead or a WWE pay-per-view, which there's one tonight payback is on tonight. So there's other things that I need to worry about before it comes to, uh, Award shows, but Angel, I forget what you're talking about. I think I was making mention of uh, Denzel not getting an award and uh, Casey Affleck winning. And granted, I haven't seen Fences and I haven't seen Manchester by the Sea still. But I was just mentioning that I thought Denzel had been robbed and it was more about Denzel, almost Denzel being a black actor versus Casey Affleck who has sketchy sexual uh, predator history I thought it was more the reason versus them actually putting them head to head against who did better in their film 
And she she said something. She said, why does uh, awards even matter? That's why, like, it's not a big deal. Like, these, these people get paid millions of dollars and thousands of dollars to be in these roles and act in these movies and live this so-called fantasy life. It's not her, this isn't her words verbatim, but she essentially was asking me why why does it even matter? Because she's a teacher, she's in the trenches every day, teaching the kids, and no one is out there trying to do an award ceremony for all the teachers. No one is trying to pay teachers what they're supposed to be paid. This is this is my side of where she's coming from with it. There are people that do amazing things every single day and don't ask for more than a thank you. And she's asking me, why do these awards matter when you have things like that every single, when there's ordinary people that don't get recognized. And then I'm sitting here on my podcast complaining that Denzel was robbed of the uh, best actor Oscar. And then you can take that one step further to the here the NBA season's wrapped up. The big debate is Westbrook versus Harden. And, of course, Westbrook has now lost to Harden in the playoffs, but they're not announcing MVP until after the finals, which will be interesting. But I'm guessing they already voted at the same time because it, it didn't seem – they keep saying that we're not going to find out who's MVP till after the playoffs, but they're not announcing – it doesn't seem like you're saying, oh, we're going to vote after the playoffs. They they they're still basing on the regular season is is the feeling that I've gotten. Key and Peel did this excellent sketch, where they essentially had they had a show that was a sports center esque show, except they covered the education system and the great things that teachers were doing. And I'm not the biggest Key and Peel fan. I enjoy what their their work. Um. I like Keegan a little more than than Peel. I have not seen Get Out yet. That review's coming <laughs> down the line. But I enjoyed their show. But that was one of the sketches that I really liked that really hit home because it's like we sit here every day and I'm not going to talk about the Sports Center layoff or the ESPN layoffs right now, but me, like myself, not as much now, but I would get up every morning, turn on Sports Center. Come home in the evening from work, watch Sports Center, watch Pardon the Interruption, watch Around the Horn, watch Sports Center, and now I'm watching ABC right now to see who's going to win this Titanic struggle between the Celtics and the Wizards. Don't get me wrong, it is a Titanic struggle because I love sports. But then you think about all the Titanic struggles that ordinary people have every single day that don't get mentioned or don't even get covered in their local paper. And it makes sports seem sports and Hollywood seem greatly insignificant. So I was trying to figure out why these things matter. And I was struggling because I, I felt really bad because it's like she has a point. Denzel Washington doesn't care if I like his show or like his movies and think he was robbed or my opinions about Casey Affleck. Nobody cares that I felt like Moonlight was robbed of its moment. I'm just me living in Morgantown, West Virginia. These things don't matter. What matters is how I do my job, how well performing it, 
my relationship with my wife, my child, and my family and my friends. Those are the things that matter to me. My opinions should not matter. So I was beating myself up. I'm like, man, why, why do I care so much? Why did I spend all this time on episode 32 talking about this thing, the Oscars? Sure, it was relevant at the time. And it was a great topic to talk about, especially when I feel like I can tackle that kind of topic. Because one of the things I pride hyphenation on, especially when I sit down to talk to you, is the fact that I'm able to give you a fresh opinion on um, on a variety of things without it just being a hot take. Sure, Denzel was rather a little bit of a hot take, but it wasn't my hot take. It was a universal hot take, and it was just my opinion on it. And you know what? There might be people that listen to the show, and they're like, you know what? Casey Affleck was better, and more power to you. But back to, back to the topic at hand. The thing is, how do I justify me getting excited for award shows like Golden Globes, Grammys, the Oscars, hell, back in the day, the MTV Movie Awards, which are now the TV and Movie Awards, but they haven't been relevant in 15 years, roughly around the time that MTV slowly started moving music from their channels. Um, you could even take it to the BET Awards, the BET Hip Hop Awards, Billboards, um, the VMAs, which is still MTV's big show. And I'm only really recording to see what happens. Why do these things matter to me? So the reason they matter to me is because all of these people that get honored on these shows for their music and their, um, their arts, or even let's take it to the Tonys. Cause I, I got a little bit of something to say about Hamilton at this point. I haven't seen it or listened to the whole sound, the whole, uh, score soundtrack. Uh, forget, I think it's called a soundtrack still. Um, even for a play. These things matter to me about who wins the sixth man of the year and Denzel and Emma Stone winning her first Oscar when even five years ago might be a little off. She was in the house bunny. Come on. Um, Why do I get so excited about Robert Downey Jr. posting pictures with Tom Holland and, and, uh, Happy Hogan, the dude who was in, uh, oh man, directed the first Iron Man. Why is it not coming to me? That guy. <laughs> Why do I get so happy about that kind of stuff? Because all of these people that are getting honored on these award shows that really have no meaning to our everyday lives, they're like me. They were dreamers. They felt like they could go to Hollywood and be an actor. They felt like they could make music that millions of people would want to listen to. They felt like they could read a book about Alexander Hamilton and somehow see the story of Tupac and Biggie between Hamilton and Aaron Burr and then create Hamilton over the course of five and a half years. 
they're the reason that Viola Davis is getting all the awards anymore after years of toiling in the trenches of acting. They were all dreamers. Kendrick Lamar dropped his fourth album, third major label album, if we're leaving out Section 80. And everybody saw, oh, the lyrics are so good. And but I haven't even listened to Damn yet. Yeah, I'm going to hear it from Marcus. The lyrics and the beats and Cornrow Kenny. And he said, he all these are subliminals at Drake. And, and oh, he's, he's like all of these guys have come so far because they had dreams. Kendrick was just a kid in Compton who saw Tupac and essentially he wanted to rap too and he made it happen. Isaiah Thomas is one of the shortest dudes in the NBA, probably the shortest, I feel like. And here he is leading the Celtics to victory over the Wizards. On top of that, he just buried his sister the other day. Lost a tooth in the first quarter. And he has played his heart out because he had a dream that he was going to play in the NBA. And yes, Casey Affleck saw Ben getting into the business. I have known nothing about Casey Affleck. Saw Ben getting into the the into the acting business and having these dreams of being an actor. And he said, I want to do that too. And now he has an Oscar. Whether he's a good person or not is not really the issue this time. Even though it's the issue majority of the time, not this time. He was a dreamer. All these award shows matter to me because they were dreamers. Not to take anything away from the teachers or the public servants or anything else that we don't honor every single year who don't for all those people who don't ask for an honor not to take anything away not to say that their dream wasn't to do what they're doing but the award shows honor the big dreamers and lord knows if anything i am a big dreamer i've had to t- i had to tame my dreams because I used to dream wildly and it got me in trouble sometimes. I'm still a dreamer. And for those reasons is why the war shows matter to me. And one may think, oh, well, that's all fine and good, but you're ignoring the, the little people. No, I honor the little people that I, that, I'm familiar with in my own ways. I wish that things weren't the way they were. With how teachers are treated, how the average ordinary person is treated in their jobs every day. Compared to these so-called stars. Maybe one day the stars won't matter so much. Maybe the arts will be the arts and 
the doctors will be the doctors and they'll all be on the same playing field. I wouldn't mind that. That's not a crazy idea. That's just what I think. That's why I care about award shows. I can't say, I think I've said that like four or five times at this point, but that's just me. It ain't right, but yeah. So I'm just going to quickly gloss over this. I don't even know why it's a topic on here. It made more sense back uh, when I first added it to the list because the topic is when I'm sick, I act like a baby. And I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe that's just me. I know other people that when they're sick, they just it's just it's, it's a stupid topic. I mean, you're sick. You don't feel good. So you're a baby about it. I mean, sometimes you got to suck it up and deal with it. Other times it's just like, whatever. You can be a baby about it. Do I feel like I'm an extra baby about it? Maybe, maybe, uh, embellish a little bit of the sickness. Sure. I want sympathy. So does everybody else. So what's the big deal? Yeah. We all act like babies when we're sick. Yeah. That was a terrible topic. (laughs) I saw Logan. I did see Logan. As I prepare to uh, go see Guardians of the Galaxy 2 with Johnny Harmonic this Thursday night, we're going to go see the Midnight Show. Well, as Morgantown showing it. <sighs> um, yeah, it was one of those things where me and Angel both had a Monday off. I think it was like the weekend after it opened, maybe. And I mentioned, hey, let's go see Logan on Monday. Because last time we had a Monday off, we went and saw uh, Hidden Figures. So I was like, let's go see Logan. Now I just left it alone. Because we, back in the day when we first started dating, Angel used to go see all the superhero movies with me because she just wanted to be with me. She enjoyed a lot of them. But I think by the time we got to Watchmen, she's kind of burned out. And that became, then it became that we only see movies I wanted to see, which is true. Not that I would shut her down on her movies, but the prevalent movies we wanted to go see was movies that I wanted to see. So I see your point there. So I just left it alone, whatever. Monday comes. I'm like, I'm like, I'm not even going to mention it. I mean, we could just have a chill day here. No big deal. No worries. She's like, are we going to go see Logan? I'm like, well, sh- hell yeah, we're going to go see Logan. So we go to Chang Thai, get us some Thai food, delicious Delicious Thai food here in Morgantown. Then we head up to Regal Cinemas, formerly known as Hollywood Theater or Regal Theater. I don't know if it's Regal Theater or Regal Cinemas. I think it's Regal Cinemas. Formerly known as Hollywood Theater, up by the University Town Center, we go see Logan. Now, I had seen Deadpool. Deadpool, of course, is R-rated. I had already seen the Deadpool short before the film, thanks to the wonders of the internet. That was Angel's first experience with Deadpool. And as suspected, she's not a fan. <laughs> so I doubt she'll ever sit down to watch the full film. I'm sorry, Ryan Reynolds. I tried. But side note, the last time that I remember us going to a movie, a superhero movie together was The Wolverine in 2013, which happened to be the same night. It was a Friday that we went to dinner and Angel mentioned I might be pregnant. So the whole movie, whole time watching the Wolverine, I'm freaking out 
Like, oh my God, what if she's pregnant? What if she's pregnant? What if she's pregnant? Freaking out, losing my mind. And then I believe it was the next Saturday, the next day, Saturday, I'm playing NCAA uh, football, 2004, my favorite college football game. Hell, my favorite football game ever next to Super Tecmo Bowl or Tecmo Super Bowl. I think it's Tecmo Super Bowl. My favorite football game ever next to that. And I still play it to this day. Haven't played in a few years, though. But I love that game. Love it, love it, love it. Playing that game. Playing as though... No, I might still have my Miami. Wait, I'm trying to think. Did I have Miami or WVU? I think I I was on my WVU franchise because I had a... Or dynasty. I had a Miami dynasty for years and years and years. And then finally, I was like, all right, I'm going to end this one. I'm going to end this one. Cause I don't, I think I got, I got rid of all my PlayStation stuff at one point in uh, 2011. And along with that, when my memory card with my dynasty on it. So once I, I got things back, which was randomly gifted to me and I ended up buying NCAA 2004 and I started my dynasty over WVU. So I think I have like three national championships so far. Yada, yada, yada. Playing a game, playing Virginia tech. And she decides to come home from the store and goes and takes pregnancy tests, comes up positive, and throws me off my game. And then she starts continuing to talk to me while I'm trying to play this game. I come back. They come back. I come back again, and I end up losing Virginia Tech. And instead of taking a loss, I figure this is one time that I'm okay with just turning the power button off on my PlayStation 2. And reason being found out that you're going to be a dad. <laughs> so that was the last time I went to the movie theater. So... Angel and I are sitting in Logan. And it was a visually beautiful film, but man, was it overwhelming. And it might be me being a little sissy, but I mean, it was it was the Wolverine that we always have imagined and sometimes have seen in the comics with the blood and the guts flying and heads flying and but even in the comics, you still didn't see that a lot. Not a whole lot. They would really back a little bit. Unless you're looking at a Max book. Or or a, um, even a, a mature title now. Well, And even in recent years, like you, you would see Wolverine do some shit. And it'd be pretty, uh, pretty graphic. But it's still in a comic book is the thing. Man, that movie was violent. And it was awesome. But by the time we arrived in the middle of the film, well, three-fourths of the film, after Wolverine and and uh, Laura are leaving the farm, I did have to pee. I had drink, I had drank some water. I did have to legit pee. It had been a minute since I've been in the bathroom. But also I'd step out because I just needed a minute because I was so overwhelmed with all the violence. Call me what you want, man, but wow. Wow. With that said, we're gonna take it we gonna take it one step further in the sissy meter, if we want to call it a sissy meter on the wussy meter. Come back, finish the film. I'm not going to give away any spoilers because the movie has not been out that long. But by the end, I think Angel teared up a little bit. 
I was full blown crying in the middle of a theater, like crying hard. Like I got the worst news in the world. I was that moved by the way this movie progressed and ended that I was moved to actual sniffling tears. And then I was silent for about 10 minutes after the film ended. And after we left the theater, why? It was a roller coaster. It was the ending of, of Hugh Jackman's career as Wolverine because it's the last Wolverine film he's doing as of this recording. It was 17 years of seeing this man play Wolverine and then knowing that this is his last one. It was sad. It was well done. It was excellent. I loved it. I can't wait to watch it again. I really hope that if this black and white version they're supposed to be doing one night only of, I really hope that they play that in Morgantown and I'm able to go see it. Because I'd love to see that film in black and white. I think it'd be even I think it would be even better. I hope that they simply didn't say put it into whatever system they use to edit the film and like, all right, let's just turn off the color. I hope they really took the time to really embrace the black and whiteness of everything and not just say, all right, well, we can't use these colors. So let's just turn off the color. That would look, that would be easy, but I feel like it wouldn't be as effective for the, for the whole episode, whole episode, the whole movie. So I highly recommend Logan. It it gets real, real, real fast. So be be prepared for that. And it's not even a thing like where I don't like horror movies or blood and guts. I normally can handle that. But for some reason, it was a lot that day. Maybe I was going through something on my own. And then I bawled tears from heaven like Eric Clapton at the end of the movie. The last time I remember a movie doing that to me in the theater, Angel took me to go see The Notebook. I'm not ashamed to admit this either because it's the world's greatest podcast and I'm just going to tell it like it is. Look, I went to go see The Notebook. That ending happened where they died together and I bawled like a baby. Spoilers. Bawled. Cried. Cried to high heaven. Hey man, I might be the softest podcast host out. I don't care. That's just what it did to me. I still watch and feel a little something. A little twinge. Sometimes I watch Armageddon and I'll, and I'll cry when Harry says goodbye to Liv Tyler's character. I, I'm I'm a softy man, whatever. I'm I'm not afraid to admit it. I got feelings too. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm not gonna get any uh, reviews or ratings now, am I? So it was a very well done movie and I loved it. Kudos to Logan. Way to way to close out the Logan franchise. Got on Twitter a little later and there's this gentleman on there named Dart Adams. Dart underscore Adams. He's a writer. He is a hip hop historian. He is a lover of Adidas. He lives in, he, I don't know if he lives currently in Boston, but he, he, am, he is Boston. He is all things sports, all things. He just he just knows his stuff, and he's also a very nerd fresh individual. If I do say so myself, 
Anyway, he was talking a little bit about Logan. And he was saying, he was like, uh, he was saying something about the only good X-Men films was, um, he said Deadpool, Logan, and he, I can't remember what other one, but he wasn't given. And then I was like, well, what about X2? And he was like, he, he did not like X2. And, and this is the portion of our program where I'm going to show some love to X2, man, because for the longest time, maybe even up until the moment Iron Man came out, or if we want to take it a little further, even up to the moment I saw Guardians of the Galaxy, Iron Man 1, that is. X, X-Men 2, X-Men, what was it, what's the actual, uh, X2, X-Men United, whatever, X2 was my favorite superhero movie. Now, I had to compete with Blade 2 and the kind of quasi-tie I always have, the Raimi Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man 2 at, um, once the Marvel movies started coming out, Iron Man 1's instantly in the conversation, so is uh, First Avenger. Hell, so is Thor. Avengers, of course, is better. Definitely leapfrogged it. And I, was Avengers before Guardians? So, okay, so definitely not tell Guardians. Let's just say Avengers was definitely a turning point where I said Avengers is my favorite comic book movie. But for years, I really loved X2. Now, I didn't like X1 like that. I did not like X-Men. Like, I thought it was cool. It was great that they made it to made it made the film and thought the characters were decent. Felt like Cyclops was was soft. I, I did not like that casting. I love how that actor. Um, oh, it's not gonna come to me. It's not Franco. Oh, I can see his face. His big dumb face. He was in the Notebook too. He's always this, the guy who plays Cyclops in the first three X Men movies. He. He was in Superman Returns. He was in 27 Dresses. He's always the dude who isn't getting the girl. Well, I mean, obviously Gene loved him and and was with him in the X-Men movies. But, I mean, you've seen the relationship between Wolverine and Gene. Obviously, Gene has always been more attracted to Logan. And Logan is head over heels for Joe, for Gene. So there's that. Um... I'm trying to think what else in the first film. Uh, Ian McKellen, great as Magneto. Rebecca Romaine, great as Mystique. Charles Xavier, Patrick Stewart was great. Um, not so big on Anna Paquin as Rogue because it really was Rogue's story the whole time. And I didn't never like the portrayal of Rogue in the movies. I know that was more her portrayal before she absorbed Miss Marvel's powers in the comic books, I guess. Uh, because the Rogue I grew up with was the X-Men animated series Rogue, the 90s Rogue, the busty chest Rogue. (laughs) That's the one I grew up with. So did not see that on the big screen. That bothered me. Gene was excellent. I thought Framke, Framke, uh, Jansen was an excellent choice to be her. Always loved that casting. And I'm trying, I, I think they're, oh, Sabretooth, Sabretooth was alright. No big, I mean, never thought any, too much about that. But I just thought it was like a, a boring story. I mean, it, it was it was good that they made it to the screen. But to sit down and watch X-Men 1 right now would not be something I would want to do. 
X2 redeemed all that. They took the weakest X-Men out of the movie. Ironically, one of my favorite X-Men, but he didn't become a favorite X-Men until officially until the Grant Morrison, um, Josh Whedon stuff, Cyclops it is. Um, I didn't appreciate his character until then so much. So I was okay that Cyclops wasn't in the movie like that. Jean, of course, had the huge arc with the Phoenix powers rising and then her sacrificing herself at the end. Spoilers. Uh, Magneto was great. Pyro was great to introduce Iceman. Uh, Rogue wasn't so much featured, but she was there. Mystique was in it. Uh, they they did the whole um, Alkali Lake uh, story. They went back to the Weapon X of uh, stories Wolverine and showed some of that and had Death Strike in the movie. I just felt like there was a lot of good, a lot of good in that movie that now has been overlooked because X Men um, X Two came out in two thousand and three. I believe Spider Man Two came out. Spider Man One came out in two thousand and two, and X Men Two came out in two thousand and three, and it hasn't aged that well in fourteen years. But I still think it's a solid flick from top to bottom. Um, and I really wish that Brian Singer hadn't went to go direct Superman Returns. Superman Returns is not a good Superman film, but I love it. I can't even lie. Um, I wish he hadn't went to go uh, direct Superman Returns and had stayed to do the Phoenix Saga. Now they're getting ready to do the Phoenix Saga again in the X-Men franchise. And again, Brian Singer's not attached. So that's interesting. I still haven't seen uh, Days of Future Past or... Uh, X-Men Apocalypse, by the way. So I, I just feel like X, X2 doesn't get enough credit, but for the longest time, it, it it's one of the best X-Men movies still. Like, First Class is better than it, easily. Uh, the Wolverine's better. Logan's better. It's better than Origins, easily. It's better than X3. I'd even put X3 above X1, even though X3 is a cluster, just like Spider-Man 3 is a cluster, but I still liked X3 a lot. X3 a lot. X3, X3 a lot. Enunciate, fool. Still like that a lot. So, go back and, and check out X2, man. Just give, give it another shot. And we're going to transition that to another another topic relating to uh, the Marvel, the MCU, the Marvel Comics Universe um, set of films. Chris Evans is supposed to be done after Avengers Infinity War. Not big, not a huge surprise. We all expected um, Robert Downey Jr. to be out of the um, out of the Marvel films at least by after Avengers two. He stuck around for Civil War, and now he's in Homecoming. And now we know he's definitely going to be in Infinity War. But Chris, to see, um, I mean, that'll be the first big departure for everybody, truly, like seriously. Because if you think about it, there, there's not been anybody that's really left. Like Terrence Howard got like, like they just didn't give another a contract to do another film. I think he was on in, on a contract to do another film, but he wanted more money, especially after Iron Man 1 blew up. And they were like, no, and we'll bring in Cheadle, who's much easier to deal with. And then Cheadle's been there ever since. I can't think of anybody else who's really left the left the franchise like that. And to lose a cornerstone of 
everything that they've been building since 2008 in Captain America. It's not to say that the films won't be good. I'm sure they might find they'll either go the route of someone ultimately replacing him. Like maybe Sam Wilson will become Captain America for a while. Um, Maybe they will recast him, which isn't that much of a, a stretch because eventually like it's done in the comic books and as we've seen in other franchises, eventually the MCU is going to get, um, the film universe is going to get so big that they already have 40 films now. I think they are at least 40 different properties since 2008 since Iron Man came out. I forget what I was reading the other day, but they kept listing that there was 40 different things that it was like the 40 best uh, Marvel comic movies and da, 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 da. I didn't read it because I, I hate clicking on those lists and it's like hit next to see number 39. Like, just give me the whole list. I don't need you to get all these clicks from me. Show me the whole list. Show me the list. I'm Rod Tidwell. You're Jerry Maguire. Show me the list. That's all it is. It'll it'll be a huge difference without Chris Evans there being the shield slinger. Oh, well, I mean, I guess Edward Norton kind of counts as a first major departure. I I forget exactly what happened with them cuz of course Incredible Hulk is in the MCU universe. It, it counts. Um, but Edward Norton played Bruce Banner in that film and the Hulk and he was of course replaced by Mark Ruffalo in the Avengers. And I think that was just due to scheduling conflicts and uh, miscommunication between Marvel and Ed Norton. And then maybe it was the same thing with Terrence Howard. Like, well, look, let's let's get Ruffalo in this role and then we don't have to deal with Edward Norton being Edward Norton. Maybe. I don't know. I don't I didn't research these things. This is just my speculations. So. That with that being said. I have only missed certain properties since Iron Man started. I have not seen, to this day, all of Dark World. I have not seen Doctor Strange yet. I have not made it through the full season of Dare, first season of Daredevil, or the second season, or the full season of uh, Luke Cage. I haven't watched any Iron Fist or Jessica Jones. Watched maybe one or two episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Haven't watched any Agent Carter. I think that covers everything. I don't I don't think there's anything else that I have not seen. Seen all the Iron Man, seen all the Avengers, seen all the caps. At what point do I have to take a step back? Because just like comic books, they're going to have to tear this thing down and build it back up again. The actors are, are get, aren't getting any younger. They have plenty of different properties now that they can pull from, but they're going to have to, if they want to keep this thing rolling, like say 20 years from now when I'm 54, when I'm 54 and there's an Avengers movie, who is going to be in that? Obviously, it's not going to be the same guys that's there now. So is there a point where it feels like you I need to pull out of the, the game, so to speak? 
I mean, sure, I can always watch a home video or home video. I always watch. <laughs> I can always go down to to ye old uh, VHS shop and uh and get me a tape recorder and and watch watch those films and make sure I be kind of rewind and don't get charged a late fee. There's so many ways to watch these movies. It's not like I would not find the time somehow to watch it. I don't have to have that theater experience. But the big thing for me, this is just something that I've I've continued from my 20s. Is you go to the movies and you see the superhero comics, the superhero films. I still do this. I'm going to do it on Thursday night with Johnny. My friend Eric will be 51. Monsalong, who's been a guest on the show, <clears throat> he, I have to ask him if he wants to go, he will be 51 in June, and he still gets excited, as excited about these films as me, and he takes it one step further where he purchases all these films and watches them multiple times. He loves Man of Steel, which I still have not seen all the way through. Loves Man of Steel. But I've never watched it. He's seen Man of Steel's, Steel's, Bobby Steel's, Bobby Digital, Man of Steel multiple times, several times. Loves it. I'm like, eh. I haven't seen a lot of these movies except for once in the theater. I've seen Guardians like of the Galaxy like maybe once all the way through since I saw it in the theater with Johnny. And that was before Aaliyah was born, I think, maybe. She might have been, maybe in 2004. I don't remember when Guardians came out. I'm sorry. But, just saying. Is there a point where I gotta, like, pull out? Like, is there a point where I should get out the game? Am I gonna be 54 years old and still be up on all this? I would love to. I would love to share that. Stuff with Aaliyah in 20 years. Aaliyah will be 23. Pause. Happy third birthday to Aaliyah. She turned three on April 20th. So glad I have her in my life. She is currently rolling around in her crib. And if she stays down just a little bit longer, I can complete this episode without having to stop and come back later, which would be amazing. I love you, Aaliyah. But back to lecture hand. I would like to share those experiences with Aaliyah as an adult, if she's still into this stuff. I'm sure Eric would like to share this with Jada or possibly Jordan down the line. Um, Cause Jada's already getting into the comics, getting into the fandom. Aaliyah is into the, is into it already, but she's three. Jada's a little bit older. So it's starting to get ingrained in Aaliyah and Jada. Not, not to be talking about your kid on the podcast, e, but I'm just saying Aaliyah could, it could turn around any moment. She's like, I don't, like superheroes daddy and they're like what are you i'll cry logan tears like what do you mean you don't like superheroes you, you can't do this to me i love you so I, I don't know so i'd like i'd like to hear your feedback on that if possible hit me up on social medias in the emails said like hey you know i'm gonna stick this out whatever man like i remember back in the day when there was no superhero movies when blade came out and everybody's like oh look a vampire movie and it's by marvel hmm and now what was it blade came out in 98 and here we are almost 30 years later wow can't do math 20 years later and 
there hasn't been a Blade movie since 2004, and yet we're sitting here getting ready for the second Guardians of the Galaxy movie, which is part of phase two of, or wait, phase three of Marvel's big plan that they hatched in the late aughts to bring all these heroes to the screen through under their own banner of Marvel Studios. We've come a long way, man. And I'm not one of those guys who be like, I can't believe Chris Evans doesn't want to keep playing Captain America. How dare he? Cap- like, let's be for real. He's done three Captain America movies, two Avengers movies, so he's been Cap in five movies. Uh, he wasn't an Iron Man. I mean, if and if you go Robert Downey Jr., he's been in three Iron Man movies, two Avenger movies, so that's five. He was in a lot of Civil War, so he's been six. He's reprising a role again in Spider-Man Homecoming. It's going to be his seventh time out as Iron Man this summer. And that doesn't count the little one-off appearances like he did at the end of The Hulk, The Incredible Hulk, or anything else that he's been in. I don't know, man. Honestly, I don't think I'll ever quit. I don't see a reason to. It's just TV. It's just a lot to take in. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I'm the same dude who uh, has watched over 90-some Chris Move videos. Jay-Z, hold on. Jay-Z and Beyonce are at the Clippers game. How pregnant isn't she, isn't she about to burst like at any moment? Like, how is she, not to say that a pregnant woman can't walk around, because obviously they can't, but, like, I don't know. Jay, leave her at home. <laughs> you thought she was going to get through an episode without some Beyonce shade, didn't you? I have one last topic I wanted to get to. And I, I don't... I've thrown some dirt at some people in some episodes before at like some local radio stuff and other podcasts. This is more of a, just a, I I hope that you hear it and maybe things are different now because I haven't listened to all the episodes, but look, there's this podcast. It's called My Scrubs Podcast. It is about Scrubs, my favorite TV show ever. Yes, even over the wire. Even over Breaking Bad, it's my favorite television show ever. I've mentioned this before. That I love the television show Scrubs. Top to bottom. My previous attempt at what used to be hyphenation essentially was called Two Web Shooters and a Microphone. My first episode, I talked about Scrubs. I I did a recap of the whole episode. Honestly, I think it's one of my better podcasting moments of my whole podcasting career. So there is this guy who's a huge Scrubs fan himself and he sits down with his uh, a friend via Skype, this girl he knows. I don't know where they're from. And they do a show. This girl has never seen Scrubs and of course he loves Scrubs. So the whole idea is let's rewatch the whole series and here are my opinions on the show as a seasoned fan and then let's get your opinions as someone has no, never seen the show. It's an interesting take. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with it. It's a little boring, a little dry. And let me tell you why. Of course, they get on every show. They, they, hey, how are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. 
they spend 10 to 15 minutes just kind of talking to each other. Granted, it might just be recording as soon... I mean, it's Skype, so they're probably recording as soon as it comes on, essentially. But they're just having everyday conversations, and I don't care about any of that. It, it detracts from the show. Then they get into the actual shows, and the guy reads Wikipedia summaries, which is fine, I guess. But it, it takes out it, it takes away a large part of what a person like me who likes Scrubs is listening for. You want to hear them talk about the show's episodes and kind of just talk about the different situations that happen. And they're just kind of like gloss over a few things, make bad jokes and that's that. And then they, they move on and they do two episodes a show. And I, I gave it, I gave it three episodes. That's my rule. Whenever I listen to a podcast that I'm not sure about, I try to give, give it three episodes before I will not listen to it anymore. The first two were good enough for me to continue. The third one was just a disaster. And I was, and I won't be listening to the show anymore. But if for some reason any of you out there listen to my Scrubs podcast, or if you're interested in listening to my Scrubs podcast, maybe you'll see what I mean. Like there, I just feel like that is not the way you host a podcast. I feel like there's a lot of room for improvement. I feel like they could tighten it up. Now, to their credit, they have covered a large majority of the series since I started listening to the show. And they actually have uh, us. They're consistent, something that I know nothing about. Consistency is not my strong point. Something I know nothing about when it comes to podcasts. Their show could be completely different now when they release a new episode every week. They could have tightened it up and stopped with the little back and forth and the dumb jokes and the inside jokes and maybe maybe they they have started really breaking down the episodes a little bit more and like I don't want them to analyze the episode so much but you know I I don't know this is this is once again coming from a top hater place I can't help it I I just want them to do better so if I if, this might be a first but I do not recommend my scrubs podcast and I really hope that if you took any way away from episode 31, which was podcasting 101, that you will use an episode of My Scrubs Podcast and see how not to do a podcast. And I, I just got to say it, it. I just love Scrubs so much that to hear this show be represented by something so awful just bugs me. Sorry, not sorry. Shout out to episode 32. And that's it. So let's get to the recommendations. Because Aaliyah is rapidly waking up. She's awake, in fact. So I believe I've stated this before, but the game in 2015 released a double album, the document, documentary, documentary, the documentary 2 and the documentary 2.5. I went back and listened to the documentary too um, a few weeks ago, and it is a really good album. I don't know if you listened to his 1992 album he released last year. It was all right. It was, all right. It was okay. It was, it, was, it was the game, being the game, but 19, the documentary 2 is exceptional. 
I haven't went back and listened to 2.5 again yet, but I can tell you that that is as well. It truly embraces everything that the first documentary was about when it came out in 2004. And it really embraces and showcases that West Coast sound that we all fell in love with over the years. Check out that. I went back, and speaking of softies, softest podcast ever, podcast host ever, I went back and re-listened to Boys the Men's second album, two from 1994. Now, this album had a lot to do with my upbringing because I got this CD in 94, maybe, 95, and for months I was too stupid to actually get the CD out of the case. Was not able to do it. Finally figured it out, and the album changed my life. It was the album that made me realize that I wanted to do music, that I wanted to write music and sing music and eventually rap music. From top to bottom, the album is flawless. It is Boys to Men, Peak Boys to Men. It is one of the greatest contemporary R&B albums of all time. So if you haven't ever before, go check out Boys to Men 2. That's Roman numerals 2. Or if you have many times like myself, throw it in the Spotify and enjoy. Please tell me you can listen to Thank You without realizing how, what kind of experience you're in for. Please tell me that 50 Candles isn't a superior version of I'll Make Love to You. Please. I mentioned Chris Smoove earlier. Chris Smoove is a pod, a podcast, a YouTube channel uh, provider. I don't even know what they call it. He's a YouTuber on YouTube. I ran across Chris Smoove for the first time a few years ago, and he just records himself playing different games. He has commentary on them. And the thing with Chris Smoove is, I'm not that big on watching like watching people play games on YouTube, unless I'm trying to figure out how to play, do something myself on a video game or, or something. But Chris Smoove, his voice, his, his, the way he talks, his ad-libs, Chris Smoove, it should be getting paid millions by some big network to announce some kind of sports. I'm currently watching his 2K17 My Player series, My Career series. I'm caught up other than a little bit that's left in his most recent one. And I started this like eh, maybe a month ago. He went and covered the entire Walking Dead Season 3 Telltale series, the new one that just came out a few months ago. And one of the beautiful things about it is he doesn't talk over the whole game and make stupid jokes. He lets the game be the game. And so you can actually sit there and get into the story, which I have. But then he still has that classic commentary at certain points that just amps the excitement up. It's amazing. He currently is pulling highlights from, I'm guessing, NBA TV and will do his own commentary over the highlights. And it's awesome. He's better than most of the people that are doing Sports Center now out of the people who's left. He's incredible. I'm a huge fan of his. He actually replied back to me about the Walking Dead Telltale series, uh, season three, being better than 
Walking Dead season eight, season seven. So we're we're like boys now. So he's gonna be on the show. <laughs> I would love to get him on the show though. I, I mean, just talk about like how'd you get into YouTube and yeah, because I, I I searched and I don't see anybody really reaching out to him like that to be like, look, Chris, move. How is it that you do the wonderful things that you do? So I might have to holler at him. I'd love to talk to him. But seriously, just type in Chris Move on YouTube and watch it. Watch him do some highlights. Or if you're into him, watching him play his My Career or one of his other games that he's played. Because he has tons of things he's played over the years. And just listen, just listen to how he handles himself. He's He's got it. He's got a gift of gab. And I hope that it gets to a bigger stage. Not that that YouTube money's treating him wrong. That is. And as he would say... Ha ha, except with auto-tune and all this fancy stuff. <laughs> two more to- two more recommendations. Hamilton's America. It was uh it was featured on oh, what was the I don't know if it's called Great Artist or let me see if I can use the Googler. And as we always say, this is podcasting 101, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, Hamilton's America. It was oh great performances. Matt texted me one day and was like, hey, Linwell, Lynn Manuel Miranda is talking to Nas on PBS right now. I was like, what? That's cool. Cause I knew obviously Lynn Manuel was responsible for Hamilton and the phenomenon that was. Uh so I turned it on real quick. I was like, oh, he is talking to Nas. And I realized that. This was a wasn't just him talking to Nas like his random interview with Nas. It was about the creation of Hamilton and about Alexander Hamilton's role in the creation of America. So I recorded it and I finally got to sit down and watch it like last weekend, start to finish. Wow. You want to talk about being inspired. Not so much from the Alexander Hamilton side, but his contributions to society can't be ignored. But the things that Lin-Manuel went through in order to bring Hamilton to the stage is amazing. And then just being able to see the parts of Hamilton that they show is amazing. And then seeing the effect that it had on the various major players in entertainment and politics and uh, media is amazing. It currently caught, like to get crappy seats to Hamilton right now it currently cost $900 for two tickets it might even be it might even be for uh, $900 a ticket and that was just me looking it up the other day randomly if you have that money do not boycott Hamilton go see Hamilton Lin-Manuel no longer plays Alexander Hamilton he stepped down uh, last year as Alexander Hamilton so someone else is doing it but the momentum of the show has not slowed down at all. They have opened up in Chicago. There's a Chicago version. They have started touring. And I believe it comes to Pittsburgh in 2018. I am going to do everything in my power to see it before then. But I need to see Hamilton. But Hamilton's America is so good that I watched it last weekend. And then Aaliyah was on her tablet like it's customary for her to be like for about half an hour to 30 minutes on in the morning, Saturday and Sunday, just so we can mostly so I can collect my bearings and she can kind of just be entertained for a little bit because <laughs> she wakes up mad early. And 
I started watching it again because it's so good. The whole journey that he goes through, he spent a year writing the first song of the show and then another year doing the second one. And then he had to bring in other people to kind of speed up the process. It was five and a half years before from inception in his brain when he went on vacation from his other play in the Heights and read this Alexander Hamilton biography that someone had written a few years before and was moved to write this hugely successful masterpiece of a play. I can't wait to finish watching it and then watch it again. Hamilton's America. Last but not least, a while ago, I saw there was an E60 profile on one of my favorite uh, commentators, analysts, uh, whatever you want to call them, studio host, Ernie Johnson. I've loved Stanley Padilla. I've loved Ernie Johnson since the 90s when I first got introduced to the NBA on TNT and CBS. Continue to be a big fan of Ernie's throughout the years, even with his battle with uh, lymphoma. But the profile focused more on his family. Ernie, there, uh, I've, I'm going to mix this up. There, there was some war-torn country that had a bunch of orphans in the early 90s, and his wife was so moved by these orphans that she went over to get to bring one home. And the plan was for her to bring home a healthy kid she fell in love with a kid who ultimately ended up with muscular dystrophy and they've adopted several children since but this kid is now 27 years old and he he of course has they've been told oh he wasn't going to walk and he wasn't going to talk and this kid is as functioning as it gets even though his muscular dystrophy has crippled him to the point of needing a ventilator to live And it just, (laughs) I'm going to cry again. (laughs) But I was watching this and I got all teary about it because it's like, you think about all the problems that we go through, all the stuff that bothers us. And then to think that there's someone like Ernie Johnson and his wife, who not only had two children of their own, they went and adopted a bunch of them, including one who was essentially, let's just say, handicapped, who was going to always be, not just be another kid, another mouth to feed, always going to need their help. And every single day, from the moment they have adopted this child, they have made sure that they take care of this this child and make him have as normal of a life as possible. And then I see stuff like that. It's like, I can't do that. I could not do that. So I can get as mad about some of the stuff that goes on at work or anything else, or as mad about some little issue I might be having with, with angel or some little fight we're having, or some dude cutting me off. I can be as mad as about that as I, I could be. Oh, what was me? Life, life stinks. But then I stop and think, but you know what? I'm not Ernie Johnson taking care of a kid that needs me. So really, who I ain't, I ain't shit. Not that's not what I took away, but it it just shows rounding it back to the kind of ordinary heroes that people are. 
if ESPN hadn't done this E60 profile on Ernie, I would have had no clue about him adopting all these kids and his son. No clue of all the work that goes into him being able to go out the house so they can go to the car show every year that he gets so excited about. Of Ernie, of him being so excited to see the brand new cars and Ernie being that, that dad, that, Per, not, not to say perfect, but that uh, was involved father being there and taking pictures of his son with the cars and stuff. And, and, and <sighs> it's motivational, but it, it also puts things in perspective. If he can do that, then surely I can get over my, my problems. So the E60 profile on Ernie Johnson, I'd, I'd like y'all to check that out too. Aaliyah may be, no, she's still rolling around. I need to go get her up. We have got to go see uh, Matt and Lisa and Bella. Um, I'm just saying, it just makes you think. And that ends the recommendations. So, as always, you can find hyphenation on b-hyphen.com again. That's right. You'll see the hyphenation link at the top of the page. You click that, it has all 33 episodes of Fire right there for you. No doubt about it. You can also find hyphenation on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Please subscribe if that's how you want to get your episodes. Please share the link to spread the word. And please. I'd really appreciate it if you guys would take time to rate and review it. Because, um, like I said, the more of that comes in, the more people get exposed to the podcast. Because the world's greatest podcast deserves to have all the exposure in the world, right? 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 Yeah. Uh, also find Hyphenation on Stitcher. Uh, you can also find Hyphenation on Google Play. And if you go to Podcast Central on Behyphen.com, if you go to hyphenation link, you will find the RSS feed burner link. You can take that, put it into your favorite podcast listening device, and you have access to the world's greatest podcast. You can contact me at b hyphen at gmail.com. That's b h y p h e n at gmail.com. Do not hesitate. I will reply to your um to your letter on the show. You can also always hit up the comments on the various on YouTube as my dude Eric Greenlee does. And I will mention you on the show. Respond there on there as well. You can check out check me out on the Facebook.com slash resilient redundancies. That's the official Kellen Conley fan page on Facebook. Check me out on Twitter at B hyphen B H Y P H E N. And that's where the story ends. And of course you can always just Google hyphenation podcast and You'll find me some way, somehow. As always, ladies and gentlemen, it's always been a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to sit down with y'all, talk to y'all about these various things. I am blessed to be able to do that. What a time to be alive. My three-year-old is singing to herself, so it's time to time to get up there. <laughs> She's ready to get mo- moving. She probably has to... Probably wants to get out of that bed. And beyond that, guys, hopefully uh, 
a feather. This is a good one. It's good to be back. I will be back sooner than later. It's going to be May. Or so I've been told. And until next time. Ha <laughs> ha. Thanks, y'all.